Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Giles Corrin Has No Idea. It's called this not because I literally know nothing, but because it's all about the moment in the week when I have to sit down and write my column but have absolutely no idea what to write it about. Which is where my wife Esther comes in, who, having read all the papers whilst I take the kids to school, always has half a dozen ideas picked out for me when I get back to be discussed at the kitchen table over a nice cup of coffee. My idea for you this week is so brilliant that we can all just go home because it's so great. You have one. But it's so great. Is it really? It is. This would be lovely. I would love one that I could just simply write. The ones where they go, it writes itself. It writes itself. Pride and Pamplona. The lesser known, really shit Jane Austen novel where they all go to Spain. (laughs) Alas, no. Uh, No, it's not. It's about experienced tourism. So you've given this column a title. What? They don't normally have titles. You're calling this Pride and Pamplona. That's the name of your idea. Yes, I was just sort of trying to introduce it to you. But and you mean Pride, which happened like the easily pride, 10 days ago and it's no longer of interest yes, to anyone. Yes, but it is sort of experienced tourism season, what with Pride and Pamplona and that festival with the tomatoes where they throw the tomatoes at each other. Is that already? What? That seems like it's every week, that I one. I know, The one yes. where they have the picture of all those Spaniards surrounded by yeah, tomatoes. tomatoes. Easily confused with Pamplona, which is all the blood from the tourists who get <laughs> gore. Never Spaniards, always Americans. Well, exactly. Sorry, so you're saying, you're saying people go on holiday in order to go to pride marches well i think so because i was listening to a podcast the other day about pride and about how uh members of the lgbtq plus community are not that crazy about the commercialization of pride my instagram feed was so full of pride and like some some of them were gay but mostly yeah. mostly it's straight people taking photos of themselves with a bit of rainbow painted on their exactly. cheekbone and then I and lo- i'm sure lots and lots of the gay community out there they're thrilled by this it means you know gay culture mm. is mainstream and that's kind of what they're after and it's and it's all great but lots of people are really unhappy about the commercialization of pride uh, big companies who don't really have very good uh, equality policies and then there was all that stuff about Pamplona um, but the because, stuff about Pamplona which is the running of the bulls yes. and what there was was lots of gorings this year as I, opposed to lots of gorings this year which would be a very different kind of Nazi Pamplona bull running thing which would be I could, you could just imagine wait a minute sorry now I have to go to Pamplona dressed as Herman Goering yes. and then they can say the ter- the tragic goring of goring terrible I mean, goring the, the terrible goring no the tragical goring of goring <laughs> nobody's caring about the goring of goring no so look yeah and about I think there was, it there, wasn't do you know what it wasn't anything actually that specific about Pamplona or Pride it just got me thinking about experience to tourism and I wondered if you could do a little bit of a kneecapping of bucket list wankers people who 
don't really have a personality. They're not very fun. They're not very interesting. But they've run with the bulls in Pamplona and they've been to Pride and they've done the tomato throwing in Spain. So it makes them interesting. Meanwhile, they are flying all over the world, causing terrible damage and going to Pride without really sort of knowing what it means or the relevance or don't know what the Stonewall riots were But this were is, anything. you're getting into a wider question of, it's really what I would call a travel wanker. It's the notion, people say travel broadens the mind when really it's not true. In fact, the only thing more boring than a boring person is a boring person who's just come back from somewhere else to tell you about it. So really what you want boring people to do is to fucking stay at home, yeah. not do anything except watch telly because then they feel they just have to shut up. That's exactly uh, Whereas when you say, those people who travel the world, when I was at school, uh, my, my, my housemaster at school, was a very widely travelled, incredibly boring man. And he sort of climbed, went rock climbing in the Alps and, 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 and glacial climbing in, in Alaska. And he'd been everywhere. And he told me that I should go travelling to make myself more interesting. Mm. Uh, and I just thought, I, I could, all I could possibly do is make myself more boring because a boring person with travel anecdotes, it's the, it's the most boring thing in the world. And that's now all been slightly pushed onto Instagram and you can just not look at them. But the idea that that, that, you, you, that you can make yourself into a by being well even worse, even worse, doing a traveling around the world on your stupid bucket list in order to stick it on Instagram. So leaving what, rubbish everywhere. What does this column look like then? I mean, well, I don't know. You're the joke monkey, not me. I'm, I'm just giving you the idea. I'm giving you this brilliant idea of having a go at for one small section of society you have not had a go at yet, which is. Bucket list idiots. Is that a thing with Pamplona and Pride? Isn't that more to do with going up Machu Picchu and that sort of thing? No, but this is just this just gave me the idea. Right. But it's going up Machu Picchu. It's going to see the Northern Lights. It's uh, going to the... Now it's all Arctic and everyone wants to go to the Arctic and see glaciers. While it's still there. The, while it's still there. Go and see the glaciers while they still haven't melted yet. But then, no, it was actually nothing specifically to do with Pride or Pamplona. That was just... That just gave me the idea. I thought it was a brilliant idea. You're Did looking you? so nonplussed. No, I'm not looking nonplussed. I'm just sort of looking down at these excellent ideas I've had. All right, well, give, no, give us one of your not necessarily that. No, no, it's fine. I do bash travel people quite a lot, which comes from slightly... Uh, you haven't bashed travel people for ages, actually. What's the sort of... We should keep a sort of time thing. Who have I bashed more recently than travel people? I bashed everybody last week, didn't I? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, 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 yes, I mean, I can, I can see that. It does obviously come from a place of jealousy. It comes from a place of I'm not being very good at travelling. I mean, I went... I went interrailing where, when I was when I was eighteen with with Alex Goulden. Maybe I was seventeen, and we left school, we just left school, and everyone had been interrailing, and they went off for this month. It's amazing. They travelled everywhere, and I didn't really have any mates, so I went with Alex Goulden, who I knew from getting the number thirteen bus to school, and that was about as far as I'd ever travelled. And we decided to get, we got our interrail cards for one hundred and forty quid, and we got on the the um, we got on the, the train to go down to Dover to get on the ferry. And in the compartment, somebody travelling the other way had left two bottles of whiskey and two hundred Winston and two hundred Marlboro Lights what? in the in the compartment. And I thought, this is it. This means that now was the time for Alex and Jiley to travel Europe. Woohoo! And I said this to Alex and he said, I've given up smoking. <gasps> and I don't want to drink because my mother says that we could get into trouble. I went, wait, we're setting off from cloistered North London. <laughs> two little Jewish boys from private school. And we're going to Europe and we're not going to smoke or drink. Because I thought that was the whole point. Mm. And now here's our fags and here is our booze. And that was the point. Alex had given those things up. I go, well, look, first off, at least we'll go to Amsterdam and smoke some weed. No, no. My <gasps> I promised my mother I wouldn't do that. You promised your mother. What else is there? The only other thing left is girls, and we're both far too afraid of them to do anything about that, especially if we're not drunk or stoned. Yeah. So we went into railing, and the first thing we did was go to Amsterdam, and we got a sort of bunk uh, in one of those, uh, tr what are they, canal boat things that you with like 10 Ukrainian builders on a whoring holiday oh and asked these two little Jewish boys with like maths homework sitting yeah. in there. And he wouldn't smoke dope. So I went and like quite scaredly bought like an a sixteenth of sticky hash, which just made me miserable and paranoid, smoked it, which I already was, smoked it on my own. And then we left. Then we went down to Nice. We thought, we're well, going to eat some food. We went to Nice. Oh, no, on the way, what's happened was every time we went to 
look for a hostel to stay in because we had 200 pounds for the month which was all right then Alex had developed, he had a test. We were getting this little Jewish boy, you've got to imagine sort of Woody Allen. I mean, he's wonderful and funny and a brilliant bloke, and I've not seen him since, but he's, he's a great guy. <laughs> so we would get into our hostel. Yeah, we found somewhere. It's only seven quid a night. And we get in. Alex had had a torch with him, and he said, the test for bed bugs, okay, so you turn all the lights out in the room, then you shine your torch on the bed and you rip out the sheet to see if there are bed bugs crawling around. Right. And this was his day. And, and, and he said, no, there's no bed bugs here. I go, no, but what about all the smack addicts lying <laughs> on the floor? You know, that, this is, should be your prime concern, you know? And, and that was sort of, so we then, we then thought, right, now we'll go to France. We know France. We can speak a bit of French uh, and we can eat really well. We went to three different restaurants and we're, we were both too scared to speak to them. So we went to McDonald's what? and we had Le Big Mac. This was before Pulp Fiction. We had this hilarious conversation about Le Big Mac and oh Le, Le Royale with cheese. And then we came home. Nine days after we set off, no, well, ten and days after we set off. Plan was to be away. My dad literally, what are you doing here? And I thought, and that was it. That was my interrailing. Oh my god! Um, I've got to say though, what I, from what I know of you, darling, it doesn't really. Now that remains the most adventurous thing I've ever done. So yes, yeah, so a column about all that that would come from a place of, of envy and misery that I'm I'm too scared to. But travel. you know what it is, darling? I think you're just too interesting to go travelling. I think so. I just stay home and read and just, you know. Just... You can come up. You can come up with a dramatic story just going. Down to the post office. That was quite a dramatic story about going to... Oh, speaking of which, by the way, dramatic what? story. Here's a dramatic story talking about travelling. So okay. I went to Scotland. You did? In the in the WH Smiths. Yeah. Um, uh, we went to just buy sort of magazines and comics to read on the way. And there was um, a, a member of staff at... Um, what station would I have been at? Euston. Uh, like berating this little old lady saying, you can't leave your suitcase there, it's getting in everyone's way. And she was saying, well, I, it's a wheelie suitcase and I have to leave it there because I, I can't wheel it around. I just want to you know, buy, buy some magazines. Well, you can't leave it there. Because well, people might think it's a bomb. People, or something. Yeah. It was Shirley Williams. No way. It was Baroness, Shirley, Dame Shirley Williams. Herself. The, herself, the leading member of the Gang of Four, the founder of the SDP, the leading light of... of so I said... Don't worry, Dame Shirley, I will look after your bag. Uh, and so I held Shirley Williams' bag while she, she picked some magazines. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really funny. Did she know who you were? I don't think so. No. Did I don't she... think she did. What did she say? Was she nice? She was incredibly nice, which is how I know she can't have known who I was. She can't have known <laughs> that I was Murdoch Poodle, right-wing, lapdog, no, stooge, also, Corrin. No, to someone like Shirley Williams, you are just... No, she looks. she's a super educated, brilliant, yeah. amazing woman, and she would just think I'm a arsehole you might as well ignore but I was just very very polite and she was pleased to be recognised and it was great yeah. and I introduced her to Kitty oh good and I said Kitty this is Shirley Williams and I had this briefing oh, I hope it is Shirley Williams <laughs> I said wait it's just a famous old lady it could be Edna Riveridge yes. he says desperately trying to think of you know some other famous old lady I suddenly, and I also started is it Dame Shirley is it Baroness is it yeah. Lady Williams I'm sure um, she doesn't care I'm sure she I was just very excited and then I asked if we could do a selfie and she said yes and Kitty said no right. so I've got no selfie of Kitty with her but we had a conversation about politics I I told Shirley Williams the story uh, of how on the referendum day I let Kitty have my vote. Yeah. And she said, I'm not sure that's legal. I said, no, but she, <laughs> that's okay because Kitty voted remain. She said, oh, well, that's okay then. Uh, and the story of how I let Kitty vote in the most recent elections. Yes. And the, how she voted for the Women's Equality Party. Yes. And Shirley Williams said, that's probably a very good idea. It very much sounds like, Shirley, I'm reading between the lines. She sounds like she was desperate to get rid yeah. of you. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Shirley Williams was backing away. She, I think she Towards the member of staff saying, actually, actually, that man won't leave me alone. Yeah. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Shirley Williams leads me into uh, a story which I thought would be possibly worth doing. Yeah, but Shirley Williams, when I was uh, a kid, and it was very exciting to see Shirley Williams because she's old and not dangerous anymore. When I was a little public school boy, and yeah. Shirley Williams was the, I believe, Secretary of State for Education in the Callaghan government, she I think. Really or if not, she was definitely the shadow Secretary for Education in the, uh, in the early Thatcher years. She, she really, was really, really wants to get rid of The massive yeah. abolish public schools thing yeah uh, which was terrifying to a public school boy because yes. we were going to have to go to Grange Hill yeah 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 uh, where they called the, the, the where they said flipping egg tucker and <laughs> had fights and stuff <laughs> and didn't do their sack. homework and like I thought Grange Hill literally was filmed on Mars I didn't right. know that there was actual actual places where the kids like, dis- without disrespectful yeah. and I, anyway so there was a story in uh, it's in the times is it in the times it's in the times um, the one about today it's about the it's about Ed Miliband Finally, having found a use for himself. Oh, sorry, I've got it. You've got it over there. there what Ed Miliband is up to now is trying to abolish public schools. Uh, he's, it's, it's, the headline says it's the abolish Eaton appeal. Ed Miliband, the former Labour leader, has thrown his support behind a campaign to outlaw private schools under the social media banner, because that's what's important. <laughs> abolish Eaton. Labour against private schools is pushing the com- party to commit to removing fee charging schools privileges, which probably means VAT exemption, that kind of thing, and yep. in, in, integrating them into the state system. And yeah. this is problematic for me because. Mm. And for you. I mean, you were educated both in the state and the private sector. I was. Obviously, he's right. I am one of those people who thinks that, yes, if there weren't private schools, Mm. uh, the state education system would undoubtedly become better. Mm, Our kids are in the private system only because we couldn't find spaces for them in the state system. But Mm. what is interesting to me is that while Miliband is ranting on about how they dominate the upper echelons of society, huge implications for social mobility and inequality, uh, it's all terrible. The story above it is Chinese buy up more of England's private schools, okay? So the Chinese are buying at an alarming rate, a £150 million uh, purchase of Cats Colleges. Uh, They've recently bought St B's, a 430-year-old independent school in Cumbria. It's been bought by the Chinese. Ipswich High School for Girls sold to the Ipswich Education Limited, which is backed by the Chinese Wanda Group. The Chinese are buying private schools, Why? Why? Because Because private schools are great. And the Chinese want their their population, their vast, enormous population, to be really well-educated. We're talking about... Um, and the Chinese obviously love English private schools because they turn out totally identical people. 
Yes, and they're all the same. So Tonys they, they, are all the same. Westminsters are all the because, same. Because 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 China being basically a dictatorship wants that. Yes. The the, 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 the private education system. So that's sort of the column, isn't it? The private education system, which was set up basically to police an empire. You needed a low. You need you needed ten million wonks in suits to go around, so and they all had to be identical so that you could send them to to wherever to India to Africa to wherever. Yeah. And they would do, think the same things and dress the same way, and they would just disseminate the the message of the British Empire. But the, yes. So but the, but in the educational sense, so that this. Our great education system, which Ed Miliband, this sort of soft labour patsy from Hampstead, thinks have to be abolished, they are being bought up by the biggest and most successful communist country mm. that mm. the world has ever seen. It's 1.3 billion people. They have the biggest, fastest growing economy. They have the biggest military. And they want private schools. Uh, they want... English public they schools. They don't want private schools. They want English public schools. I think there's... So perhaps, so maybe he's wrong. So the idea is, is that we're all beating ourselves up so much about yeah. having these, these, these private schools. Meanwhile, the most private, the, the most powerful country in the world is going to buy them up. It also leads to that, the interesting thing uh, your, your friend Max told me about, anyway, these schools which exist, which uh, the, the Labour Against Private Schools want to abolish... They're not really saying equality in English society because there aren't really any English people at them anymore. The people the, certainly far fewer. English people can't afford to go to these schools. So at schools like yeah. Eton and Winchester and Westminster, they are now predominantly yeah. Chinese, Russian, mm. uh, South Asian, yeah. uh, Gulf. Yeah. Um, to the extent that Eton has had to set up a bursary to help old Etonians send their kids to Eton because the Chi- the, the Russians. So the I, Russians show yeah, up. Yeah, there's an actual Etonian. Russians, that you, I am not sending. Uh, I, I am not sending Pavel to uh, to Eton to him. It's, it's sit around with other children of other oligarchs. I don't want to meet other Russians. Yeah. I want him to meet uh, Prince of Wales. Exactly. And so they've actually they're having to pay English toffs to mm. go to Eton so that the Russians and the Chinese come. This is this is this is this basically means that the Labour can do whatever they want to abolish these schools, but in the end, Russia and China are going to buy them all, and they're going to bus in English toffs. Yeah. And they will need people like our children uh, to show up. Uh, <laughs> totally they want our children. Possibly not our children. They want, well, they want, they want, they they need Prince George and yeah. Archie, whatever he's called. So basically, they yeah. need them to go. So the future of English public schools is Chinese ownership. Is in the hands of Chinese. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it was in. Was it? Was it yesterday? No, it wasn't. It was this morning. You're trying to remember. There we were in bed. Is this Wednesday? Is it? Where's Wednesday? That's how you know it's not a filthy story. Yes. There we were in bed, doing what all start, couples do move, in the morning. Darling, could you just move your phone in the Reading the paper. Some people commenting on the podcast said they like the authentic sound of newspaper turning. I thought they would. Sounds so real, doesn't it? It's amazing. No. Uh, let's carry on and talk about Wimbledon. The thing about, yes, so there's two things about Wimbledon. Serena and Andy oh, yes. playing together, pictures of them in all the papers, talking with their hands over their mouth. this is because why, of... Why, so, so we've got these images everywhere of, of, of them consulting on court, very close together, with their hands over their mouths. Presumably, so that they can't, that what they're saying can't be read by lip readers. It can't be, but I, that, cause I thought that, I thought lip readers, but it must be that they're worried that the, their opponents... 
No, 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 we can't be their opponents because what is their tactic? It's any, uh, when the ball comes over, hit it back. And when yeah. they hit it back, I'll hit it back. And then hit it, you hit it and I'll hit it. And then if it's <laughs> on the left, I'm right over back. there. And I go, oh, no, Serena, I think a better plan would be if we all both <laughs> rush forward at the same time and like smash the fuck out of it. And and then the, the, the opposition will know what to do. And oh, Andy, oh, if I want you to hit the ball, I will say yours. Well, uh, Serena, uh, I think it's, um, I think that's, you see, it, it doesn't actually, no, but they, 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 they cover it. it footballers, yeah. footballers do it. They, they, you know, they cover their hands because they don't want. It's because they don't want the lip readers on the TV to see what they're doing. Are they just saying, uh, "I'll see you later for a Big Mac"? <laughs> Uh, There's something I, self-aggrandizing about is. the sight of a it pair is. of tennis grunts yeah. feeling they have to c- cover their mouths like mm. like spies in the Cold War. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, yes, what what could it what could they be saying that is even remotely interesting or being picked up by anyone, even even the, their opponents? Their opponents know they're just going to hit the ball as hard as they can back over the net. I mean, yeah, maybe. are there are there tennis tactics? Yeah, what could they be? Andy, you hit the ball, then I'll hit the ball, then yeah. he'll hit the ball, then um, yeah, no, it's it also. Um, May sound like I'm feeling a bit resentful about the tennis. I'm, f- I feel a little bit left out. They're, everyone's having this lovely time. The, the, you know, Megan's there, being being a bit of a precious queen. Well, we did go. And we, well, and we, we did, were we did, invited, but then we weren't invited this year. Well, I think maybe you didn't send a nice enough thank you note, because the fact is that we. It was nice of them to invite us, but we didn't really enjoy it, and it was quite odd. What do you mean? Well, uh, well, we we didn't really enjoy it, darling. I mean, we 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 got there, and it's really, really, really far away. We've been was... we went we've been to the men's semis, like yeah, I know. I suppose it's a the bit men's semis. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you just a good. Yeah, the men's quarters when they're slightly less excited. That's very funny. I'd never noticed that before. Okay, so it was really, really far away. It was quite hot. The thing it is, it is, it is. It's that, that, big. That, it's big. You have to. I mean, you have to schlep around everywhere, and and the, you know, when the, we 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 we've gone as normal punters, and we've gone as sort of. We've never been to Wimbledon as normal punters. I have been to Wimbledon as a normal punter, and actually, it was. Oh, I don't know. There's just a lot of walking around, and it's just hot and overcrowded, and a bit uncomfortable, and you can't really. The problem, no, the time we went with we went to we we, we were invited to the to the men's semis, uh, and do you remember it was it was Federer again or Djokovic or somebody? Uh, this is how much I give a shit. Exactly. And I, we we went there. First of all, the best bit about it is the lunch, and you go to yeah. the lunch beforehand, and they give you and Tim, Tim Henman comes and talks to you, and it's it all. Was li- it was it no no. But don't you remember in our hospitality suite we had Jimmy Carr, Steve Coogan. Rob Bryden and then actual actual Tim Henman. Well, actual Tim Henman came gets, in to give us a yeah, speech. T- t- he gets paid a million pounds to do five minutes in each tent, going, <laughs> oh, "I was a bit shit, wasn't I?" <laughs> no, but and it then doesn't matter laughs. because we had we had yeah. not tent all these people. How appealing was it to go and watch the tennis? No, not this was the thing. I was sitting there, literally between. Uh, I think, and the thing about um, Jimmy Carr and Rob Bryden, Jimmy and Rob, if I may, yeah. they fucking perform. I mean, they they're do. just really, really, Always, really, really yeah. funny. They are not those comedians who don't want to give it away for free. They will give it away. They just sit yeah. there and tell. So jokes. you're just sitting there in the tent, you know, and and uh, you know, three hundred yards away, some boring yeah. American clock, 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 clock. clock. You're sitting there with free Verve Clicquot, yeah. big bowls of strawberries, and, you know, Rob Bryden and Coogan and Jimmy Carr giving a chat, 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 chat. The impulse get up and go and look at the tennis. Zero. Yeah, and then you get there, and we got there, and it was sort of, it was, Murray was on next, wasn't it? And, it, but, and the Murray, the, the first match was going on, and we had to get back to do childcare. And we looked at our watches and went, mm, if we go now, we can beat the crowd. <laughs> could, yeah. And, and watch it on telly. And Murray was coming through to be like, the, you know, only he was going to be the second time he'd ever been in a final 
final if he won this match. Yeah. It was his biggest day in the history of English tennis, apart from the time he won for, for 100 years. I'm thinking, yeah, we've got to get to South Shield Station. You've got those shoes on. Yeah. We're going to have to plod, plod, plod down the road 40 minutes back. And, you, you know, uh, and yeah, so I guess... We, I didn't say thank you, so they never had us back. They didn't have us back. Although, I, I also think that I'm possibly unrelaxed at large sporting events, particularly at Wimbledon, because I can't help rubbernecking for famous people. And I can't concentrate on the tennis because I think maybe I've seen Carol Vorderman. Do you know what I mean? And I think that was that's, that's one of the things. With the, the, there was this other fuss about the Duchess of Sussex. Is that her real name? Megan. Yeah. In, the, in, in the box being taken photos of. So yeah, no, I mean, what does she think? Wimbled- what does she think she's there to do? Know, that's the, that, that's the only thing I thought, and that was the thing. Whether you could write about that because you don't want to be too mean because everyone's piling in on Megan because she arrived in true. jeans and all that, and yeah. so she couldn't go in the royal box. The only thing is, is that Megan, she, she yes, she, her security people have tried to stop people taking photos of her, uh, and. You do ask yourself, wait a minute, why do you think they give you the free tickets? Yeah. It's not because they think she really wants to watch the tennis. It's because going to Wimbledon is about watching Cliff Richard sing while it's raining, yeah. possible sighting of Carol Vorderman, mm. booing David Cameron, yay there's, <laughs> yay, there's the Duchess of Sussex. Well, exactly. Uh, uh, but can you get a column out of it? Is the... Probably not. No. Okay, Nor fine. can I get Let's a column. Move on. So this story, I think... Might, might work as something. So two hospitals have opened shops selling e-cigarettes as part of an anti-smoking drive. It's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, we live very close to a massive hospital, the Royal Free, mm. and it's people standing out, I mean, people standing outside on drips. With their drips. Smoking. Yeah. And it just, it's such a sort of signal that smoking isn't good for you, yes. that hospitals are basically full of people who have to go outside and smoke. Yeah. Almost all of them are in there because of their smoking-related yeah. thing. So anyway, great, stamp out smoking, smoking is evil. Uh, but then they want to encourage people to vape uh, and, yeah. basi- and, and, and sell them. So basically, the only thing worse than smoking is vaping. Well, the, the social implications of vaping are so weird because you can be talking to someone at a party and you think you're getting on fine and everything. And then they suddenly they sort of reach into their, pocket <laughs> or into their bag and they sort of go <laughs> and then they keep on talking to you. And you just think, sorry, do you want me to leave or something? Would you? You just get the impression that they would rather... Almost- that you would just fuck off so they could be alone with their vape. And it's like their mind is somewhere else. In our, in our, you know, then the people that we know, they basically all gave up smoking, people of our age. And now they've all started vaping, but they didn't use the vapes to get off the fags. They've just all started vaping because vaping has become fashionable. And vaping is so uncool. Okay, the cool thing about cigarettes is that they kill you yeah. and you don't give a fuck. Yes, exactly. Okay, that's the whole point. So you're a sort of, so you're, you're Humphrey Bogart in Casablanca. I stick yeah. my neck out for nobody. <laughs> easy rider. Yeah, exactly. You're easy rider. You are, you are Clint. You're the man with no yeah. name in the, in the good, the bad and the ugly. You're, you, you, you don't get, smoking's going to kill you when you're 70. You don't care. You're never going to, you're never going to grow old. Whether you're, you're sort of Sid Vicious and Nancy smoking your tabs and everything. It's the one thing that is, now, oh, we've got this thing that you can suck in your lips, which is just like your mummy's nipple, but it doesn't kill you. Mm. And now they all do it. <laughs> Little sort yeah. of gurgle, gurgle. And it smells of good breeze you sad fucker uh, and and they just they just do it all the time they don't do it a bit like with a fag they do it or they hold it and they, they people who vape it's just constant but sort of random they just sort of sort of go you know and they go, yeah. yeah sorry what were you saying yeah i know it's and like they, they've got a bag no. of sweeties in their bag and they're just sort of eating a sweetie every now and again and, and not offering you one no one no. says oh do you want to join on my vape no of course, but of course they, they won't but no, but they're not bad people, but it's just very socially, it's just very weird. The NHS should not be encouraging it. We don't know that it doesn't cause cancer. It's just, as you said, when you're, when you're talking to someone and they pull the thing out of their pocket, it's as if while you're talking, all they've been thinking about is when can I reach exactly. my vape? When can I get it? Can yeah. I get it? And our friends, blank. who are mostly rich, let's face it, 
uh, have little sort of elegant ones mm. that look like tampons, and they little mm. tiny little silver bullets. They, they look like tampons. They look, look like pieces of jewellery. But I was visiting. Look- I was visiting my friend Robin, yeah. uh, who hasn't got a pot to piss in, and 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 you know lives on two book reviews a year and, and tax credits. And he ha- he's got a vaping machine that looks like a bog roll he found in a bin. It's just a dented <laughs> big. But he goes as he's driving, and it's like it's got nothing elegant about it at all. And he's going, oh, Johnny, I've got to stop this thing. But and it, when we're and you and also it's also we're driving along. He's giving us a list to the lift of the station out in Castle Douglas. I mean, the cleverest, funniest, best man that I know used to really enjoy his fag. Yeah. He, he's got this. He's got this vape the size of a dustbin, and he's driving along constantly, and he can't even see the road for this giant dented sort of black PVC thing. And I kind of think, would it a good present to buy? To, or should I buy Robin one of those little sort of silver pens that our millionaire ones. friends have for yeah. vaping in them? The kind of social hierarchizing of all that thing. And, and, and at every level, it's just. The vanity of it is worse than, than the cigarette. Well, no, because I was sitting next to a very famous woman at a dinner party the other night, and she had this really cute vape. I mean, it was, and she's very cool and nice and funny, but she never, she famously never ever smoked cigarettes when she was younger. And now she started vaping. And she said, Do you want to have some of my vape? And I went, Yeah, why not? It nearly fucking took my head off. I mean, it was that she went, I warn you, it's really strong. And I was, it was like a dragon breathing directly into my face. And I looked at her and I thought, I, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want what you. I want that little vape with a little wicked face on it. So I the upshot that. of this is that you're going to. Hundred percent. After this is finished, I'm going <laughs> to the nearest vape shop. Gorillas are party animals just like us. Now, this brings us to the story that producer Ben, being but a young thing, yeah. was hoping we would talk about the dancing cockatoo. Yeah, I mean, it's a funny picture, but it's not anything to talk about, is it? it I don't know. It was, but ten years ago, it was a massive internet meme even before the internet existed. Dancing cockatoos. Yeah, and now they think it's a major actual thing because it tells us that dancing is innate and it's not just mm. a thing that, that humans do. And they, the, the Times have followed it up uh, with, brilliantly with, with gorillas dancing. Yeah. And gorillas don't just dance, gorillas go to festivals. What? Yeah, which we knew. Because who do you think those people at Glastonbury are? In my mind, they're not people. They are just monkeys. Well, you who... have got a... People might not know what a problem you've got with dancing. I think they probably don't. But this is a picture of... This is a thing about how gorillas from different tribes, or whatever you call them in gorilla communities, come together, like when the particular trees are give, doing lots and lots of fruit, which they all know is going to happen, doing lots and lots of fruit. I'm not a botanist. Uh, and they get there, and they all dance, and they're sort of dancing around... Wait, hang on a second. They ram themselves full of sugar and then dance. Yeah, no, but they, like go, to, they, go, to play, they go to places where they know that like every four years the trees do a particularly abundant fruit drop. They yeah. all get, they all go there. I mean, they have to, they have to keep refreshing online and to make sure they get their tickets. Yeah, and, they, and they all go there and they wear special Hunza welly boots with, with, with Panama hats. Therefore, underlining my feeling that people who like dancing are no better than animals. People who go to parties and festivals, yeah. that is just the absolute lowest of the low. And all my life, I've just never, ever, ever danced, never danced a step in my life, because I feel that I'm sophisticated, which this only proves that basically, if you like dancing, if you're one of those people that, oh, have a couple of drinks, Charles, you'll have a dance. No, I won't fuck mm-hmm. off. Because dancing is for morons. And it's like, when I see people... Uh, at Glastonbury and they're all sort of doing this pointy yeah. thing and dancing it makes me think of the Nuremberg rallies if you can get the kind of people that you can get all doing the same thing over and over again with some person on the stage that is the one way ticket to dictatorship yeah. and genocide mm. uh, and the fact that, that we have finally established that dancing is is no more a part of the human than basically flying or climbing trees and being naked this proves that I am the most advanced form of human the non-dancer is the only civilized person me and Gore Vidal basically I'm sure there are gorillas who don't like dancing as well they just sulk under a tree 
this is this is the, the gorillas who don't like dancing. Yeah. That is where the Korans evolved from. Yeah, That's yeah. The, that, that <laughs> is the missing link between things. If you all you have to do, show me the gorilla that doesn't like dancing. I will show you my great grandpa Harry. <laughs> 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 You've been listening to Giles Corran Has No Idea with Giles Corran and Esther Walker. It's a Times podcast produced by Ben Mitchell. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to avoid ever missing an episode. And if you want to find out what I wrote about in the end, there's a link to my column in the podcast description. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.